Hi, I'm Jacob. Ted. And this is a it's irrelevant. And today, guys. Hi, everyone. Okay. Now, before we start, I want to say that that was awesome. I listened to the last podcast four times. Once the day immediately after you told me that it had come out. And then three times on the car ride to Chicago at like two and a half times speed, which is how I listen to most of my podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And I must say it is much better, faster. But it is it is amazing. I really enjoyed it. Okay. So, so, if, so hopefully there should be more of these. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna try. I think to uh, do every Friday sounds every Friday sounds good to me. Yeah. So all those who are listening, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, okay, well, absolutely. Okay, yeah, but today we're gonna we're gonna delve into a little bit of the news, and we're gonna start with a dilemma that um a ton a not a not autonomous autonomous cars. <laughs> yeah. Autonomous, uh, whatever. But uh, uh, the wow, anonymous, whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, not close enough. Yeah, but uh, one of the major things they'll have to worry about is when it, there's a, no chance for this self-driving car to uh, stop before hitting pedestrians. Would it crash into like a pole, saving the pedestrians, or should it save the driver? So. What we have here is a, a question about it's like the trolley problem. Yeah, but with your life. But but yes, but with yourself and other people. Yeah. And I think what I think about this is is that the self-driving cars. This this scenario is not this doesn't matter, really, as uh, because now. Um, when people people are driving the cars, they're gonna always choose themselves. They're always gonna save themselves. That's just how it works. Well, actually, um, a team of three psychologists and a computer scientist, led by um, Jean Francois Bonfon at the University of Toulouse Capitale in France, Paris. No, not Paris. Oh goodness. But, <laughs> yeah, but um, they ran six online surveys to U.S. the U.S. residents, and that uh, people, most people. Um, would uh, most people wanted the car to protect them, and that actually, yeah. but that's but when the survey and this stuff, it said that most people wanted the um car should sacrifice the passenger. I think, but but what I'm saying is that if this scenario doesn't matter because this is going to be happening so less frequently with self-driving cars that. That it's not worth programming it. It's not worth programming it. It's not worth thinking about because it's it's going to be so rare that it ever but happens. But people like like kids, they'll still jump out in front of the cars and. Yeah, but they do that now. Yeah, but even without the self-driving cars, it still happens, and with it, still will happen. I I think it doesn't matter. I think, it, I think it's a big thing, but the question. Out, I think the question is is not relevant. It doesn't matter because the cars. It's going to happen so less often. Yeah, but it still will happen eventually. That's why they need to think about this. But it's so much safer. That that it's it's 
it's this will hardly ever happen, and it's it's not worth. If it it'll happen once. See, and, then... and the the problem is, is the only way we can really code this in is if we like make it check for a scenario all the time, and just doing that is is going to be it's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous thing to to do. So it's it'd be, I think there'd be more situations where you get a false positive than when it you know actually helps yeah but like with the um the zeppelins and hydrogen versus helium oh no sure yeah yeah that's what it was so they chose the hydrogen because it was cheaper and they're like and it won't blow up and then after it did then it blew up right yeah and then every they all switched to helium and then zeppelins and dirigibles are no longer in use which i think is a crying shame because that's amazing <laughs> they are pretty cool it's a giant it's amazing it's just a giant sky boat that's awesome yeah they're like i think they're the most like self-sustaining vehicle that we have they're like super expensive though aren't yeah. they but yeah. if you get enough food and water yeah. up there you can stay up there ind- almost indefinitely they're they're cool i like them yeah but i think the self-driving the tr- the, the trolley problem with the self-driving car i don't think it matters because i think like i said you're gonna get more you know false positives and you're also going to get situations where it doesn't even realize that's happening and does nothing about it. So I think it's not it's not worth putting in there because you're just going to make it worse. Then. But with like the um, the new cars and they have their uh, like they they stop before the accident happens. They're constantly sure. making the checks as well, so we need to use the same technology. Yeah, but they're not they're not trying to make a decision to swerve into a wall. You know, they're just they're applying the brakes. This is swerve into a wall or swerve into people. Yeah. So I but, think I think if I think if we're programming it to swerve into a wall or make that decision, we're gonna have a lot of people swerving into walls for yeah. when nothing is happening. Like a bird flies in front of the camera, swerves into a wall. But uh, I think they, that's, that's the trouble. And the thing is too is that is that we're not we're never gonna self driving cars are never gonna be like a one person thing. You know, nobody's except for the very rich, nobody's gonna buy a self-driving car for themselves it's gonna be like city transport well you don't know eventually it might get to the point where it's like a subaru and you're just buying it for yourself it might be a little higher end but it's not gonna be any different from buying like a nice land rover i think what do i want to say how do i want to phrase this um i think in like 30 years or so um maybe more probably more Owning your own car that you drive personally is going to be like, it's like smoking is now. Oh, oh, you still drive your own car? Oh, that's really dangerous, isn't it? You probably shouldn't be doing that. It's going to be like that. Because self-driving cars are just going to be so much safer. Yeah. That, that does make sense. And, and I don't think anyone would really buy their own car because it's, it, doesn't, it just doesn't make sense why you would buy your own car if... if, if because I mean it'll be like widespread city transport so there's no reason to um, there's no reason to own your own you can just hop on a, a car that's driving around all the time and the thing too is that you can just tell it like if you're in your New York you can tell it to drive up to Maine and it just you know it'll just drive you to Maine and then there'll be one extra one in Maine but it should all balance out to where all the cars need to be so I wouldn't even really think you'd have to worry about like like owning your own would be kind of silly because then you you drive it and then you'd have to like find a place to put it too yeah i think it's... i think just having a public transport 
self I think that would just make more sense. I think sense. it's a lot like having a car in like um, New York or Shanghai yeah. or just like, kind of pointless. It's, there's no real reason for it unless you're Talk going outside of, those of the big cities. Unless you're ever going to drive outside of the city. But I think at this, when we're at the stage that self driving cars are like so popular, I don't think you people will, you know, even need to drive the cars outside of the city. I think um, the cars should be able to take you there. Yeah. But in the study, when given the option of hypothetically buying a self-driving car that's utilitarian, it which also means that it saves the greatest number of people, or one that's selfish, programmed to save its passengers at all costs, uh, people are quick to buy the selfish option. It's basically goes like, when it comes to utilitarian cars, uh, quote, they tell us that it's great if other people get these cars, but I prefer not to have one myself, end quote, yeah. by Bonifin, the leader of the said study. Yeah. That's the thing. And, and, and I think if we just – that's that's kind of where the regulation of the industry would come into place. Because I think, I think the save the driver thing, that should not be an option because everyone's just going to pick that. You know. I, oh, I, well, no. Well, I, the utilitarian I, probably would be cheaper than the selfish. Selfish, I think, would be more like it, a luxury car, it, like getting a it Jaguar. Probably, would be cheaper, but I think if we have like the regulation to make that like not even an option, that's really the safest thing. And plus, then we're coming to the point where people are buying their own self-driving cars, and that's like I've said. I mean, that shouldn't happen, really. Yeah. But the thing is, when you have a bus, a bus of forty people versus two people. Well, I mean, that's what all the self-driving cars would be. They'd be like four, four or six people. I'm talking like a bus that were like 20 people city bus. You wouldn't need buses. You wouldn't need buses. But self-driving cars would be. But would how do they the work? Would they be like in each of the neighborhoods? You get one. Yeah. Well, I mean, in places like New York, there'd be a lot of them. But yeah, but that's this is basically what's called a social they'd dilemma. Work, they'd work like an elevator. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But you need a lot of them because people need to go all over the place for work. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we would need a lot of them. But we, I mean, we need a lot of buses now. We need a lot of taxis. And at that point, why wouldn't you just get one for every person? Because that's inefficient. But it would make the most sense. Not really. Well, yeah, because if everyone is going to separate destination, it would take well, more time, more fuel to like go through all of them. I mean, you could do a thing like you could request it through an app or something like that. You know, say, I want to go here, and then, you know, a car uh, swings by and drops everyone off. Then you have to, like, dedicate entire, like, jobs to planning these routes out. Yeah, you you can make computers do that. Yeah, but it'd be really, like, it'd use a lot of servers. Like, everyone is constantly doing this? Well, I I mean, I suppose it would. Hmm. Not sure. I think that'd be the best, though. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. the best yeah, option. It does make because sense. if everyone if everyone has their own, then we have to think about like that's a lot of. I mean, people. I mean, people can't buy their. Not everyone can buy their own. You know, not everyone can buy their own car now. People have to carpool and things like that. Um, so and 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 so I think it'd be. I think it'd just be best if no one owned their own cars. Mm-hmm faded away
Yep. So <laughs> I I don't I don't agree with that. I think that everyone should have their own. It make more sense. Why do and you? Why? Well, because then you don't have to dedicate an entire network to like planning these things out. Though that would create more jobs. Create more jobs. Well, I think I think we are coming to a point where, and with with advancements in automation and technology, we're we're coming to a point where jobs are are just they're just going to go away, um, no matter what we do. Uh, like uh, you know, the president signed some bills that are going to bring coal jobs back, but the thing that's going to bring coal jobs back is nothing. It's not going to happen because coal is being phased out automated it's being phased out primarily if it wants to be more competitive it's being automated coal production because robots will always win because they don't need to eat they don't need time off they don't get sick and they'll sleep and they'll sleep and they're cheap so robots will always beat out people if we can have if we have a robot that can do a job and a person that can do the job the robot will always win always but then, when anyway, come, like, but then, like the only that's like for like manual labor, like repeatable jobs, like factory jobs. For now, yeah, and then eventually, well, yeah, but eventually, but this is like the far future. So it's like the future of jobs is creating. I think it's not as far as we think it is. Work. I don't think it's like thousands of years ahead of us. We still can't right. make robots play piano. Maybe not. Maybe 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 we. Well, I mean. We kind of can. Well, it's like not actually playing piano, not like looking at a piece of music and then being able to play it. It's pre-downloaded with That's all true. the deciphering done. It's like someone guiding your hands. If you're like, if someone did it and someone else had like the That's hand you and pushing it, not like yourself doing it. That's what it is right now. And I don't think I don't think that's too far away. You know, I don't think I don't think having a robot that can play the piano. By reading the sheet music, I don't think that's far away. Yeah, that is true. That's that's a pretty. I mean, that's a pretty simple thing. But like when you're talking like painting, writing, drawing, stuff like that, like creating from the mind, not something that's been done before. Like that's true. That stuff is. I mean, creative. The creative field is always going to be something that is harder to get robots to do by themselves, and those will always be a place for jobs. Yeah. But. I mean, we're coming to a point where we have machines that do pretty much everything. Yeah. You know, they can they can learn. We have machines that like this. That what's this? What's his name? His name's like Freddie or something like that. And he's got the you know TV face, and he learns really quickly. And he can like he shakes hands and things like that. He's oh, the yeah, red yeah. one that everyone uses. That guy. Yeah. He's like, I know you're talking this, about. This is like a real. This is a real thing that really actually does work. And essentially, we have this technology. We can teach that to do pretty much whatever we want to. And so uh, it's only like a couple of steps ahead to get him to make things by himself. But each of these steps ahead get ex- more exponentially they difficult. Do. They, do get, they, they do get more difficult. The end stretch is harder. But so it's, we'll, like, we'll, it's like running a marathon. Starting out or a race. Starting out would be a lot easier. St- starts easy and gets harder, yeah. But I think we're coming, we're coming to a point, back to the, the coal things, we're coming to a point where all these, all these jobs – no matter what we do, they're going to start disappearing because the robots are always better. And so I think worrying about jobs when at like 30 years in the future, this almost 
doesn't really matter because those jobs are no matter what we do they're going to either disappear be short term and then disappear and then we have like a problem of like half the world who's not educated is out of work and then just like a select few who are the cream of the crop doing everything yeah and, and, and but eventually I think we, that that time is going to be shorter because I think once we can get robots to to really start learning really um, then we're gonna have this point where the machines can make more machines and improve upon themselves at which point we they can go I mean exponentially faster than we can so they can just I mean they can just make their own better versions of themselves and better versions of whatever we have and eventually we're just going to be useless I mean we won't even need people to program new things because that's the utopia that that is striving for that is where we're headed and I really don't think that's more than a couple hundred years away and you know we're in a we're in a new age we're in the age of you know technology and whatever and 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 it seems like it seems like oh it's crazy this guy's crazy you know he's we're never going to reach that beautiful future. But I mean, let's like think about where we were a hundred years ago. You know, we were, this is world war one, a hundred years ago. And, and you think had of like a you, human touch and the you funny think thing of, is TVs hadn't been invented. Um, I mean, it's like, there's so many things that ha- have happened in these last hundred years. And of course, there's always a lot of things that happened in these last hundred years. Yeah. But this is a new era. Of, I think about like a hundred years before that. Yeah, and, didn't have and chemistry. Didn't have any of those sciences. There, in history, with technological advancements, there are always like plateaus, you know, and then these periods of great learning and expansion. And we're in one of those great periods of learning and expansion right now. That's what's happening, and 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 I think we'll probably plateau for a while before we get to the utopia. But if the further we can, the closer we can get to that now, while we still have this opportunity, is 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 really good. We should use that. Sense. Yeah, because I mean, you had the like farming, and, and nothing really changed, and then you had the industrial revolution, which I mean, skyrocketed everything, and then we. Come, but it did also cause a lot of again. problems because we were. It did. It caused a lot of problems. We didn't know exactly what our effects were on the environment. We had lo- a lot of jobs were lost. People did that too. Homeless. But I think I think ultimately, where we are headed, losing all of these jobs. Is, is definitely worth it because eventually no one will have jobs and no one will have to have jobs because everything will be and I know I mean, it sounds like utopia it sounds like I'm a crazy person but it's it's not really that crazy you know to say maybe in a couple hundred years we're not going to have to no one's going to have to work and everything's going to be free yeah but then we have like the problem you'll have like 10 billion people on this planet and we'll have to find a way how to get everyone what they want Without killing Which, our planet, that's true, and and that's and that's really a problem we need to think about. And 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 what we also really need to do is is developing countries. We went through all of these phases and things of, of learning, and you know uh, where where when we had the industrial revolution, there was all sorts of pollution and things like that. But these developing countries, they don't they're not there yet. They're well, or, still, they're, or they're in the middle of it. They're in the middle of it. And what, and what we have the opportunity, like India, India has a really we have a really good opportunity there skip them ahead and and not and have them not make the mistakes that we made oh, yeah. damaging the environment we have this real beautiful opportunity to skip them ahead into the developed world and, and make and make that a real center of development 
and, and yeah, I think like, if we don't take it take advantage of that it's a shame it's a waste. like one of the examples is that they started because one of the major problems is because it's so hot a lot of their canals which are just really little and they're filled with they're like they lead to big basins of water but they're very small in size themselves right and they they evaporate really easily right mm-hmm. well and they also have an energy crunch right now they need a lot more energy but they don't have enough sure so they're planning on covering all of these canals with solar panels yeah Therefore, avoiding the problem of using large areas of land that would ruin heart on wildlife. Yeah. Uh, they'll save water. They'll be getting... Right now, they've only done it for one megawatt, which powers, That's I think, a, a couple... Lot. Like, powers, like, I think, Delhi, New Delhi, or one of the smaller really? cities around it. Oh, it must be a smaller city. New Delhi's pretty big. Yeah, but it helps power. It doesn't, like, completely power. That's true. That's true. And and we have we have that opportunity to to make India be completely solar powered, you know, and we don't have to they don't have to burn coal and things like that, which is is takes up a lot of space. But India is very large. That's a very large country, and a lot of um, it is ruined land by previous. Yeah. It's it's basically unusable land, so you might as well put solar panels there. Yeah, big, you got big mountains, things. Nobody farming on those. That's impossible. Well. Incas and Mayans, they did that. Uh, <laughs> and the Aztecs. But it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to do that. Carve out a mountain to farm on it? That's insane. I mean, you put solar panels on everything. <laughs> what they also could do is put uh, solar panels on the roofs of many of those buildings. Mm, yeah. They think about a square area. But once once we get nuclear fusion, ah. Well, it only works for like 12 seconds at a time right That's now. That's true. Well, once we get it working. We're almost there, almost there. We're, we're almost there. And then, then, we'll, then we'll have helium, you know, solving our helium crisis problems. That's that's true. There's nothing wrong with nuclear fusion except for the fact it's nuclear. It's nuclear. But the thing is, it doesn't produce waste, though. Really, it just gives you a lot of helium. Which we need. Yeah. There's no, there's no real downsides other than you lose energy at this stage <laughs> instead of gain it, uh, and it's like extra expensive. Yes. Well, on the uh, topic that we were previously on of uh, killing people using vehicles, we have a little right. joke for you. Okay. Hey, listeners, not readers. Well, <clears throat> let me get some of that water here. What's the joke? Ted. Um, that was it. No. Okay. <clears throat> there was a man in Bulgaria who drove yes! a train for a living. He loved his job. Driving a train has been a dream ever since he was a child. He loved to make the train go as fast as possible. Unfortunately, one day, he was a little too reckless and caused a crash. He made it out, but a single person died. Well... Needless to say, he went to court over the incident. He was found guilty and was sentenced to death by electrocution. When the day of the execution came, he requested a single banana as his last meal. After eating the banana, he was strapped into the electric chair. The switch was flown, sparks flew, and smoke filled the air, but nothing happened. The man was perfectly fine. Well, 
at the time, there was an old Bulgarian law that said a failed execution was a sign of a divine intervention, so the man was allowed to go free. And somehow, he managed to get his old job back driving the train. Having not learned his lesson at all, he went right back to driving the train with reckless abandon. Once again, he caused the train to crash, this time killing two people. The trial went much the same as the first, resulting in a sentence of execution. For his final meal, the man requested two bananas. After eating the bananas, he was strapped into the electric chair, the switch was thrown, sparks flew, smoke filled the room, and the man was once again unharmed. Well, this of course meant that he was free to go. And once again, he somehow manages to get his old job back. What should have been the surprise of no one, he killed yet another train, or crashed yet another train, and killed three people. And so, he once again found himself being sentenced to death. On the day of the final execution, his final meal request, three bananas. You know what? No, said the executioner. I've had it with you and your stupid bananas and walking out of here unharmed. I'm not giving you a thing to eat. We're strapping you in, doing this now. Well, this was against protocol, but the man was strapped into the electric chair without a last meal. The switch was pulled, sparks flew, smoke filled the room, and the man was still unharmed. The executioner was speechless. The man looked to the executioner and said, Oh, the bananas had nothing to do with it. I'm just a bad conductor. It's so good. So long. <laughs> just really, really yeah, bad it's, fun. It's three whole days long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's because uh, it's now Sunday and we start recording on Thursday. Uh, four days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. so we'll uh, finish we off off with our. We start off saying, oh, look at, look at us. We're going to have a schedule. And it's no. Nah, nah. No. We're nope. too cool for schedules. Well, to finish off our early and late April Fool's Day episode. Oh, goodness. We got a couple pranks for you here. What? Oh, oh, you're going to read those? Okay. Yeah, we got a couple listed here. So first of all, what you got to do is you got to take a picture of like a cockroach or et cetera, something like an insect, and then uh, trace it and cut it out. And then tape them to the inside of someone's lamps so it looks like there's a bug in there. That's all awful. Uh, if you're especially mean-spirited, plant a grass garden in someone's keyboard. Like, pull off all the keys, put some dirt down, pour some seeds, and wait. I think you would notice the dirt. Oh, not if you put, like, very little. Like, you put and it you in those. To, like, when you press the key keys down, I think you can feel that. Well, you can put, like, paper instead, and it'll still work. Uh, I suppose. As long as they have, like, some... They pour some nutrient water on there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, don't do that. I would not recommend pouring water on a keyboard. That that makes sense. Uh, attaching an air horn to the seat. Now it's always a classic, like Whoopee Cushion 2.0. An air horn? Oh. The uh, the ever the ever present uh, putting some paper on their mouse so they can't actually move their mouse. Um, getting a little mean here. Put some Mentos in some ice cubes and give them to people when they have soda. That actually seems like fun. Yep, that, that'll yeah. certainly... Uh, I think you would see... Again, I think you would notice that, though. Well, people aren't very noticed. They don't notice a lot of things. 
I suppose. Like they haven't noticed that Ted's not actually here anymore. This is just the computer with Ted phrases. I'm pushing the buttons right now. That's like this. True. <laughs> you had to tap the like. What did you just? You just hit the table a couple of times. That yeah. Just did? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, painting some soap with clear nail polish and leaving it in the shower. Painting soap with clear nail polish. Yep. Uh, my sister did it can't once. Use it? No, it doesn't let you because it's covered in basically like plastic. Mm. Yep, it's something else. Yeah. If you're especially ingenious, if you manage to like keep some string on the um on a mento, and you can put it inside the soda cap, and then you f like put it in, and you can like hold it in place there, and you fold it, and you like screw it up, and then you cut off the ends, and that should hold the mento in place. So then, when they open it, let's go of the f um the dental floss, and then it just explodes, you know. Okay. Um, and we've got a last one. Uh, putting toothpaste in the place of an Oreo, like cream, but that That's can awful. be dangerous if they don't know. It's like if you like mix them in with like the mint Oreos. If you have too much, you could send them to the hospital. So I wouldn't do that. Like for like the whole thing, just mix it in and then. Yeah, and uh, you could always, I don't know, do you have any other ones? These are just ones I thought off the top of my head. Don't do any of those. <laughs> if you do these, you're a terrible person. Uh, April Fool's is not funny. April Fool's is the bomb. It's just, it's just annoying. Do you have a bad experience? No, I don't have any bad experiences, actually. Really? It's just stupid. Oh, no. Oh, no. Please don't, Jacob. Okay. Well, we have two other ones. Ted was a fan of this one, where if you take, like, a mayo jar and you empty it out and you fill it with vanilla pudding and you eat it in public. You eat it? Yeah. So it looks like, yeah. So everyone walking by just thinks you're eating mayonnaise like a freaking weirdo. And, and, an, and an adaptation on that one is filling a empty ketchup with jello. And put it inside your donuts. Or like your sandwich. Ketchup what? Say that again? If you take a ketchup bottle, you okay. open it up, empty it out, you know, after you're done using it, rinsing it. Mm -hmm. And then you uh, fill that with jelly, like red jelly. Or jam. Oh, you said, oh, okay. You said jello, though. Oh. <laughs> I was confused. I was like, <laughs> They want some consistency. How are you going to pull that off? What? Yeah, or replacing yeah. toilet paper with a roll of duct tape. Okay, people would definitely notice that. Yeah, no, but if they don't... Oh, like in your house? Yeah. Like, so when people come over, you just have duct tape there? You were like, what the heck? Yeah. No, okay. so you don't have toilet paper, and you have duct tape instead. Right. Yeah. But if you like have one of those covers, like I do at my house, no one notices until they lift it up. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. If you have Easter candy, filling it up with mustard. I remember that one. Ew. Oh man, that was that was glorious. 
Eastern Standard. Gross. Yeah. The only okay, no, the only good Easter candies are the Reese's egg shapes, those because they have way more peanut butter than they do chocolate, and the chocolate is okay, but the peanut butter is amazing. Gross. You like peanut butter? Yes, because peanut butter is great, and it's not even really peanut buttery. It's kind of like it's like I don't know, it's weird, but it's good. <laughs> not a peanut butter guy. Not a peanut butter guy. Oh, it's because you're dumb. Well, peanut butter is amazing. That was rude. Yeah. That hurt my feelings. It was true. It was true though. So that's that's rough. What's better, true or nice? I say true. So yeah, 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 true. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yep. Well, uh, happy early and bladed uh, April Fool's Day, and uh, we'll try and get it to be Fridays from now on. But you know, cross your fingers. Yes, let's, sorry, I just dropped I just dropped my phone and I threw my headphones out of my ear. Oh man, that's just unpleasant. It was, I was telling it was, our it hurt. I was telling our listeners goodbye and hope oh. for Fridays. That'd be nice. Yeah. Good well, luck with uh, that. Thanks for listening and tune in next time. Bye. This has been It's Irrelevant with Jacob and Oh, I'm Ted. Hi. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye.